Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Freecast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Zach. Vince is dead, but we'll return from the dead next week. Uh, we're here to talk about sort of the back half of um, Lazarus Planet, the most recent DC event, which officially wrapped up this week with uh, Batman versus Robin number five. And we'll get to that book eventually. But let's talk Lazarus Planet sort of, um, I guess, talk about the first like four or five weeks. So the first week was Lazarus Planet Alpha, which was the start of the story. And then we got Assault on Krypton, which was all the super stories. We once were gods, which was sort of like the Shazam, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter stories. And then we get into what we're going to talk about today, Legends Reborn, um, Next Evolution, Dark Fate, and then Omega. So this, so there are a total one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pieces of this for Counting Batman versus Robin 5, seven pieces in between. And... I think we all had very different ideas for what this was going to be when it first started. Uh, I I would describe it now as kind of what we cynically said, which was maybe this was a chance to just get certain characters into the position for their next story, whatever that next story is going to be. Do you think that that is an accurate uh, reflection of of what what this event actually was? It's just like a shuffling of the pieces to get them to where they should be for the next uh, the next six months or a year. Yeah, a hundred percent. But and also like specifically a lot of like C and D listers too. You know what I mean? Like it, it, like a lot of characters that wouldn't maybe normally hold a book or like get kind of giving some like lower tier characters a a chance to do something or like set up in an interesting path obviously like big big characters got reference as well like you know shazam wonder woman aquaman um in the in the what was that one called the that was the the, um, we once were gods yeah yeah um but like setting up some new characters, like the one that we talked about last week with the spirit world. And mm-hmm. um, I guess like the thing that surprised me the most was how at least so I didn't read all of the spinoff ones, but I, you know, have thumbed through all of them at least once. And it seemed like a lot less of it was tying into like the overall Lazarus planet arc of which there surprisingly wasn't really an arc you know what i mean like right yeah there it, there wasn't an arc really it wasn't so much a story no the only one i would say from all of these that was like really super tied in was that uh dreamer story mm-hmm. yeah from the assault on planet krypton the hilariously titled assault on planet krypton as we talked about it before mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I can't really think of another story that really had to do with the main like lazarus planet plot point i mean some of them have the green rain in them or whatever but it's not what the heroes are doing during that time mm-hmm. um but so i just wanted to go through before we get to omega and the uh final issue of batman versus robin i just want to kind of go through each of the last couple of issues and just talk about one or two of the stories that were interesting or that did something strange so in the legends reborn story we get a story by greg pock and Minkyu young called city boy now, what book is this character supposed to appear in? Do you remember? I don't know if we know yet, do we? Um, I thought we knew where City Boy was going to be. Uh, 
Here, I'll look it up. But 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 I'm let's trying talk. to look it up too. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh. Maybe no. Never mind. Uh. Well, I I know City Boy appeared in that Wildstone Wildstorm 30th anniversary. Oh, it's gonna be Nightwing apparently. Is that like is that confirmed? It's a CBR article that says that uh oh, oh this might just be referencing the issue we just read. Yeah, I think so. I saw the the one that says Nightwing has a new crime fighting partner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I saw like a bleeding cool article from this so that was in October. Bleeding cool did like an article when that issue came out and you know rich is speculating that he might show up in batman nightwing or wildcats you know which is that's right. just like casting a really wild net because I, I guess he does have ties to gotham so yeah um yeah i don't know i guess my question this story was fine by the way it, it wasn't particularly great or terrible but if you're gonna do a character that's basically just jack hawksmore why aren't you just doing a jack hawksmore story mm-hmm yeah, it seems weird that we're getting into like authority legacy characters now. <laughs> yeah, especially because I feel like there's no reason to like when when Jeff Johns rebooted the JSA, a lot of those characters were dead. So it made sense to do a new version of those characters. But is Jack Hawksmore even in DC continuity anymore? He is he was well i don't know he was in uh swamp thing which oh, i guess yes. is, is 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 in dc continuity yeah yeah so i guess i guess jack hawksmore's around so again i just don't know why you would you would do that but that's neither here nor there i suppose um in that issue there was also a story that was uh a firestorm story and it involved ronnie raymond basically ronnie was was with Professor Stein in the Firestorm Matrix and something happened and Professor Stein became like an old feeble man when they uncoupled. And then the, the shadow demon is around and so Ronnie like uh, forms the Firestorm Matrix with another professor who happens to be there and the same thing happens to that professor as he as they decouple. And so this idea of like Ronnie is sort of or at least the, something's wrong with the Firestorm Matrix and it's permanently damaging one of the people in the Matrix each time. Um, that's kind of interesting. And it says the story will be continued. I just I, made a I just made a beach that makes you old joke on Manga Club and it applies <laughs> now too, to yes, to yes, exactly. Firestorm. Um, but where do you think we're going to see this again? <laughs> I is Firestorm going to get a book? I don't know. I I mean, the only reason I think maybe is because Dennis Culver wrote it, and Culver seems to be one of the folks that DC is going to for the, some of this stuff now. Yeah. Um. So I was flipping through that issue, and it looked like he was fighting something that looked like the Negative Man spirit. Was almost it, yes. Was it that, or was it not that? I don't or, believe it was that. Okay. Um. Let me look while you uh. Because while you the only reason it. I ask that is because Culver is writing Doom Patrol. Well, Culver, there is a Doom Patrol story by Culver in a different one of these issues. Right, as well, um, yeah. Yeah. Now, I believe they call it, like, the... Um, let's see, what is it? It's a Shadow Demon. Ah, uh, okay. 
So yeah. uh, that that I just wondered that just you know with the him writing that book and it looking similar, I w- wondered if there was maybe a connection there. Um, yeah, that so that is the other thing about this is like you know so you said there were there were eight Lazarus Planet books total, so like seven, the two books, yeah. seven. So t- the two bookends and then five others mm-hmm. and each one had probably what like four at least, at least three stories i believe yeah i can't imagine where all of these characters and stories are going to show up um but you have to think that if they are getting a, a spot in these books that dc does at least have some plan for them somewhere well there are some there are some of these stories that i don't believe are going to show up anywhere there is a a raven story in one of these books is it legends reborn or is it someplace else i don't know i just went uh, through it, it and it's saw legends it, so. it's legends reborn yeah and uh that clearly is just like a very much a here's a raven story and now it's over and that's it i mm-hmm. feel like there's the same thing happens with there's a uh renee montoya question story that is just like those don't have any real i mean they're tell those are more telling stories of what's happening during the Lazarus planet stuff. Mm-hmm. So there, there's kind of three stories within these books. There's the very rare one that is about the Lazarus planet overarching narrative. There are those stories that happen to be happening during the Lazarus planet event. And then there are those that are just focused on new characters that use the Lazarus pl- or focus on characters that are using the Lazarus planet to just sort of get the, uh, like to tell a, as a very minor catalyst to tell a story. How many how many stories were actually about characters having like weird new powers because of the Lazarus reign? Uh, well, we that de- we definitely got that that Power Girl story mm-hmm. where she is now like telepathic, and we had the John thing. Yes, where he has the electric like surge power. Mm-hmm. Um, Aquaman story wasn't that. Uh. Martian Manhunter's powers aren't really affected in that story. Which um, he was in one of the teasers from that, like the teaser images from when that was first announced, and it looked like he was like hulking out or something. Well, well he, he takes on the Doomsday power, but like for four panels. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like it's not exactly uh, like a big change. Wonder Woman doesn't. I'm just flipping through these now. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess that there really aren't even that many of those. I thought we'd be getting way more of those. I, I guess Ronnie Raymond, right? Like the the firestorm mm-hmm. thing is messing up a little bit, and Power Girl, and I guess that's it from the first couple. Um, so I want to move on to this uh, next evolution one, which there's a little paragraph in each of these that sort of explains like what the title means, and. This one is the least defined of any of them. It says, over the history of planet Earth, one universal truth has become self-evident, evolve or die. Never has this stark choice become more apparent than the wake of the Lazarus effect, where normal human beings are given incredible power. Heroes who already had power see it mutate, and heroes from all corners of the globe stand stand poised to face the onslaught of total evolution. Like, that means nothing. Um, But the first story is a Red Hood story called The Vigil. It's by Ram V and Lalit Kumar Sharma. And it's it's fine. It's it's a standard issue, right? But there are these new characters introduced throughout it that it seems like they are going to be a part of a story. There's this team called the Vigil is going to be part of a story later this year. 
And I didn't know if I was supposed to recognize any of these characters or if they were all new characters. Do any of these folks look familiar to you? I'm pulling it up right now. This is in the next evolution. Yes, the first story. That so just uh-huh. go like I think it's page like uh, let's see, page sixteen on our PDF. There's a char- a trio of characters on a speedboat. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these characters. They all look vaguely like other characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the middle one kind of looks like isn't there's a DC character named Multiplex, I think. Yes. And he kind of looks like that. Um that character with the white mask on looks weirdly kind familiar. Like anarchy maybe, but not really like an anarchy mask. But sort not really. of yeah. Um Yeah. It's just a weird new team. Um Yeah. But again, like I I I'm not opposed to DC using books like this to to introduce these new characters and to do stuff. It just seems very strange. Like, I don't know why there needed to be a Lazarus Planet event to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess is my question. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, the next story is a character introduced by Joshua Williamson in Robin, which is Flatline. Uh, she was one of the characters in the uh, tournament, the Lazarus tournament. Um, and her powers get a little bit messed up here. She gets some new powers. But again, like, I don't know when we're ever going to see her. I mean, so she she um, winds up basically resurrecting Rachel Ghoul at the end of this story. Uh-huh. So that that will obviously have a connection someplace, but I don't know where that connection is going to pop up mm-hmm. um this one says oh so not the end at the end of it which is lol yeah um yeah uh yeah it's a good question because we don't have a, a robin book anymore um and you know we'll get to this eventually when we get to the end of the episode but you know are we heading towards a new volume of Batman and Robin? Maybe um, I could see that being a book where this type of plot thread might right. rear its head again. But man, that's like we Ra- Rachel Gould just died. I know. <laughs> and like, are we going to like just reset that story again? Oh man, I don't know. Where do you even go with that from this point? I actually thought that the stuff that Rob that Williamson was doing with the Algols before Shadow War, like at the beginning of, and then like before the stuff in Shadow War happened, was pretty interesting. Yes, and it it seems like we're just moving back to a blank slate again, or at least like the a very a status quo like very similar to what we had before all this stuff happened. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know what the uh, what like what new stories are there to tell with Rachel Ghoul right now? It seemed like where they left off with the assassination of Rachel Ghoul in Shadow War was a different enough thing to do that it felt like a good place to rest the character for a little while. Mm-hmm. But we're not even a year past that yet, right? It's just. All this stuff just moves uh, moves too fast. Yeah. But, you know, that's going to be a complaint I think we're going to have pretty much forever with superhero comics. Probably, um, yeah. 
So then uh, the other story from this one, I want to talk, and we're skipping past some of these stories, and that's fine. But there's a Red Canary story in here where she gets into a pickle and calls upon the help of her one of her friends sideways. My my guy, your your dude, yeah. Uh, and this one is illustrated by it's written by Delilah S. Dawson, illustrated by Brant and Stein, who do a great job. This is this is a really good looking story. And I love seeing these characters together, and I I hope we see more of them. I don't again like, I have no idea where you put. I guess maybe you do a new Teen Titans book with those two in it. I'd be all for that. Well, so like, is it so? Williamson is doing that Green Arrow mini, which I could see Red Canary being featured in that. But how much space? Like I, that book, that cover is so cool because it has the entire like Arrow family of characters on it. But it's a six issue miniseries, so half those characters aren't going to even show up. In there. Yeah, the the only reason I would think that is that she is all like a Williamson creation, right? As well, so you know, I, I think it'd be weird if she didn't show up in that book. But like you said, also, how busy can that book be? Just by nature of it being a six issue mini, um, Sideways definitely won't show up. I don't think. Uh, but I, I a team book with these characters would be cool. I think we do need a new Teen Titans. If, I think if so we too. Have the, if we have the Titans right now, I think we need a new Teen Titans, and I think DC should probably use the new moniker with that. Again, bring that back. Call it the new Teen Titans. Call it the new te- new Teen Titans again. Yeah. I mean, I this is me at my most pedantic here, but I believe that both Sideways and Red Canary are supposed to be in college. Probably, yeah. And but so, are they really teens? If they, I mean, if they're eighteen, they. You I know, guess so. Yeah, or nineteen even. Even. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we have one more of these books to get through, which we talked about a little bit last time because of that um, spirit world that's teased at the end of it. But there was one other story in here I did want to talk about, which is um, there's a, a new character called Circuit Breaker that gets a story here. And it's a story that is written and illustrated by A.L. Kaplan. And it's basically about this, these like performers in this old West town who do a show every day of the flash and the turtle battling. Remember this? Remember the still forest boys and girls? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's the still forest. Uh, and, and this, this person is playing the flash character and uh, it appears the person is trans. I, I'm, I, there's a lot of clues to that, but it, I, I don't want to, I read this issue pretty quickly, so I don't want to miss. I, I think that that has been mentioned in in like interviews and things. Yes. I'm, yeah, and it uh, says it says Circuit Breaker's adventures to continue in DC Pride 2023. So the character is is LGBTQ on on some level. I'm I did not read this carefully enough. So I was struggling to get through all the stuff we had to talk about tonight. So I didn't read it like 100% carefully, but I presume that this is a trans character. And the character is, is actually does a very cool like moment very cool moment of heroism heroism here. We get Avery the Flash of China in this issue and I always like seeing Avery around. So you know, there there was a lot of of fine stuff in here. Again, just like the this person gets powers because of the Lazarus resin, which is like a, a sure great, but it's crazy that one of the very few people to get powers is a character we've never heard of before. You know, mm-hmm. reading this issue. This one, this issue also has the Doom Patrol preview in it, which like yes. has nothing to do with Lazarus Planet at all. Yeah, but man, that 
Burnham art. Like, I can't believe that this is the book we're getting Burnham art on. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, it looks incredible. Um, also, there's a character called Chainsaw Nun, try, uh, yes. capitalizing on the the Chainsaw Man hysteria. I think. Yes. Uh, um, also, also funny. I think that this issue has a uh, Huntress story, but it's the Helena Bertinelli Huntress, not the yes, not Helena Wayne, not Helena Wayne. Nothing to do with anything that uh, Johns is doing right now. Um, so. Yeah, just uh, just funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, interesting. A very interesting way to use these books. Hello, denizens of Earth twelve eighteen. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina, and I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Well, let's get into Lazarus Planet Omega number one. Uh, number Yeah, Omega number one. Written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Ricardo Federici and Mike Perkins. Two artists that the DC three cast were not always very high on, and uh, I, I I I hate to be this guy, but I wish that this book looked better because I, I think that this book is kind of there's kind of nothing b- b- under the hood here at all. Oh, it's, it's a nothing. It's this is a this is a nothing event, and and and, and it's even worse because it looks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I like I don't want to just like go like fully tip my hand already, but go for it. Well, this just all like this, and then like even to get into Batman and Robin a little bit, like this is like hands down the worst thing that Wade has done since like coming back to DC. I think like oh yeah, this is a big nothing sandwich. Um, We're both trying not to say nothing burger because Trump said it a couple of times. Yeah, we are. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's like like. Lazarus Planet alone could just be a like forgettable little interlude that you can ignore, which I, you know, I think like all of our worst fears, I, I, I at least mine, I think about Lazarus Planet were pretty much realized. That's like what ended up happening. But, you know, at its best, I thought that at least, you know, it might be like an interesting interlude that, like you said, could be like collected within Batman versus Robin because it was at least important. But it's like really not even that important at all. No, uh, it's not to Batman versus Robin. And then the way that all of this stuff is resolved in Batman versus Robin is just the most milk toast story. I think I've ever read as far, you know, at least from like a high profile creator about these characters, it's just the safest thing. The most uninteresting thing I think I've read in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I we'll talk about Batman versus Robin in a minute. Sure. Let's talk about this story though. So, like, if you would ask me what actually happens in the two Lazarus Planet issues, I would say like you know the Lazarus Mountain blows up, and so there's this Lazarus rain, and powers specifically magic goes nutty, 
But then it's just like and two, science it, as well. Magic yeah, so, and yes, science, ma- which doesn't really make sense, but okay, sure. It's comics, whatever. Um, but like in terms of story, that's kind of it. There yeah. are these little interludes that happen with certain characters having like micro arcs <laughs> across this, but really there there's there's nothing that really I, I just I I don't know what I am baffled by so many of the decisions that led to this. Yeah, yeah it's just like it's like so yeah. So in Batman versus Robin, Neja was stealing powers. King Fireball comes in, fucks shit up, it explodes, and then the the bookend issues are basically just like the heroes fighting King Fireball and undoing everything that happened to just get back to them fighting Neja again. Yes. Which at that point, it's like why the King Fireball stuff in all of this is just like so head scratching to me, to me because like they are essentially the same character. There's this like I feel like Wade is trying to do this like parallel generational thing, this like mirroring of like two father and son dramas between you know Bruce and Damien and the Nesha and Fireball, but it's just not interesting and it doesn't work. I don't think in any meaningful way. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. Um, I I can't really find meaning too much in this i'll also say that i don't like i I think monkey prince isn't i'm glad monkey prince exists i think that monkey prince is an interesting new character i like that it's a an asian character written by written and illustrated by asian creators like i think all of that is is cool and good and we should get more representation in comics and you know monkey prince has the potential to have some interesting powers like you know we see, I think it's a Batman and Robin five. He basically makes clones of himself with his hair. Right. That's, that's fun. Sure. Whatever. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Yeah. Which but, like, it's interesting how this is tying into like the monkey Prince mini series too, which is weird. And it's both weird and cool. I think in a way, I don't know. Well, I was uh, gonna say, this feels kind of like Wade likes the character. Yeah. Or likes Gene Lu and Yang and wants to like spotlight that more. I, I this also has all the feelings of like I forget which one it was. We we did some event in our crisis management series where it was like all so much of it was based around one character that we were all like, when was the last time you even saw this character show up? Like just these events that sometimes get built around like the character du jour that then never really they don't they don't collect particularly well because nobody really knows who that character is that so much of the event is based around mm-hmm. and I could totally see that that be it being the monkey prince being that character for readers 15 20 years down the road mm-hmm. and that's a shame because I I think that monkey prince deserves more than that but I don't know if yeah I mean I do have to like give yeah kudos to Wade for like trying to help make monkey prince happen and I I will say the I think the best part of these like bookend issues is not the main story it's the monkey prince backups that that yang and uh and billy tan do mm-hmm. um i i like those a lot better um i i still think that like tying i don't care about about neja but i do i 
I did appreciate some of this backstory and I I'd like that you know even from that monkey prince zero issue they they tie it into like the fourth world stuff which is mm-hmm. pretty interesting um yeah i it's just so bizarre to me how all of this stuff like ties together things that can be like at least somewhat interesting on their own but like tie together to make something that's completely uninteresting or unsatisfying well i i think what makes this particularly unsatisfying is the mark wade of it all how wade has been so good since he came back to dc and beyond even that like i think endless winter is the event i keep comparing this to which was an andy lanning ron mars joint mm-hmm. and when you have creators and no offense I, I i have liked a lot of work by both of those creators but in in the year of our lord 2020 i think it was one that endless winter came out of 2020 like nobody expected either of those writers to be the vanguard of a new age of dc comics and so when that event was announced we all realized like oh this will be maybe a fun thing or it'll be a totally forgettable thing but it won't matter at all so we don't have to we don't have to stress about it. We don't have to read it or pay attention to it because LOL, Endless Winter, no one's going to remember this in five years. But this being be, coming from Mark Wade, and also coming as the vanguard of all these new status quos, it just feels incredibly slight. And it makes me worried that the status quos are going to be incredibly slight because of this. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not fair to all the other books that and all the other creators working on this, but it's hard to not feel that way after having read this. Yeah, I, I would say like Lazarus Planet itself feels especially like editorially driven. Oh, yeah. More so than like organically coming out of like stories that writers are telling. But even because of that and like again like not i know we'll get to batman and robin eventually but just the way this all wraps up feels like even batman versus robin it doesn't feel like wade had any purpose in this story in telling the story you know what i mean in the way that it seems like the other books that he's doing has has purpose and is is like building towards something yeah yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, I think I think it it was easy to look at the initial issue or two of this and think that the purpose of this event was to bring Alfred back. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. Yeah. And then maybe you think, well, maybe the point of this is to sort of repair the Bruce and Damien relationship, but that was just kind of already repaired. Yes, it was. It was just repaired in by Williamson. Yeah. Um, this just added a new wrinkle of conflict with the Nesha stuff, which, you know, was an unresolved thread from World's Finest, but it's kind of resolved in the same way that it was resolved in World's Finest. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, nothing new happens with these characters right um they don't have any kind of redemption or 
you know, Neja is still going to be like sealed away, <laughs> you know, yes. and it's just like, what was the. Was there like enough of like unresolved tension regarding the Alfred stuff that needed this whole story to like repair that bridge between Bruce and, and Damien? I, I don't think so. I think that if if that was the case, and given how editorially driven this is, couldn't you have just told Rom V or Chip Zdarsky, hey, in between your next two arcs, we need a three-issue arc dealing with Bruce and Damien's relationship vis-a-vis -vis Alfred. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why it has to be a whole event to do that. Yeah, and I mean, like, I do, obviously, I think having, like, a, a big five-issue miniseries called Batman versus Robin is very good like financially from like an evergreen perspective um this is a book that i think like lazarus planet stuff like notwithstanding like you could pick up the core like one through five issues of this and get like a reasonably self-contained story that like anybody could pick up you know you might want to I, I think there's like a road to Batman versus Robin that you could pick up before this that would give you what you need to know mm -hmm. um, and just run with it. So like from a financial and like long term standpoint, like I see why this book was made, but it just feels so out of tune from everything else that Wade is doing at DC. Yeah. And who knows if this was supposed to be something different sure you know yeah. that, that's always the caveat with any of these editorially driven publishing lines is you know who knows how much of this was as the creators intended or how much of it had to be changed because of who knows what yeah yeah um, do, you, do you do you have much else that you want to say about lazarus planet omega not really um i i i i don't I don't know how much of these new powers are going to really affect anything. Like even even magic and science being messed up like Yeah, we get all this lip service specifically about the magic stuff being different. Right. But do you do you think we're going to see much of that? Well, I don't know where we're, we're going to see it. Like obviously we have that Spirit World book coming out which will deal with magic to some degree, but I almost feel like unless uh, we, we have We should also mention of... by the way that that's sorry that that issue comes out the day after we're recording this. So we do not know if DC has announced a spirit world book yet. Sure. We presume so, but we don't know yet. Good, good call. Yeah. Um, I feel like unless we had like some kind of shadow pack, justice league, dark adjacent book to deal with this stuff, um, because there are a lot of big characters coming out of this. I think like black Alice is in a position to be like a big, character at dc the specter is back and gets a big focus yep. um, i think i think it makes a lot of sense to have a book that follows up on those characters um but we we just don't know yet i also wonder if shazam and wonder woman are going to be mm. a part of this because there is that miniseries spinning out of this Good call. Yeah, you you are right. That is happening, and also, I mean, Wade is taking over Shazam, right? So, I have to like hope that Wade has plans for this stuff. But again, it's just like there's so much we don't know. 
and it is kind of like twofold. It's both like it's the magic stuff and then it's the Batman and Robin stuff. Well, the Batman. Let's so let's get to Batman and Robin number five, written by Wade, illustrated by Mahmoud Asrar and uh, Scott Kodlowski. And I want to say I do like sort of one bit of this conceptually, which is that after a lifetime of Batman saving Gotham, Gotham saves Batman. Like I, I, I understand that that's a by doing a spirit bomb. A yes, spirit, a spirit life bomb. Yes, it, it, it the the way in which it happens is pretty dumb, and the way in which it's not really explained how it works is just like comics. That's comics for you, right? But I do like that sort of idea of just like I said, after Batman has saved Gotham so many times, that Gotham saves Batman. I think that there's some nice like poetry in that, even if, but that's but that is not enough to justify the entire story we get here. Which is, like you said before, kind of nothing. And what's especially frustrating is that if you read this issue, there's like a three-page recap of the prior uh, seven Lazarus Planet stories that kind of tell you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's no reason to have read those. If, if for this. Right. right. For this, there's no reason to have read those. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like it's really wild how the first four issues of Lazarus uh, of Batman versus Robin really, really were just set up for Lazarus Planet, and then this feels like oh, we have to resolve that uh, the first four issues <laughs> because right, Lazarus yes. Planet didn't do it didn't really do anything with that. So you know, in those first four issues, we have Neja possessing Damien and baiting out Bruce while also like collecting magical you know characters and stealing their magic and so now the the table is you know flipped the table's turned Neja's possessing Bruce instead right and now Damien has to fight Bruce um but there's like the added wrinkle of like Bruce has sustained so much like bodily injury that if Neja was to leave that Bruce would die um, and really I mean this whole issue is really just like Damien trying to like get Neja out of Bruce and save him and I, I mean they, they do that just by 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 punching him a lot <laughs> you know yeah, and, and, we, and we, then, we even get a, a, a section in here where Wade says, like, so we're going back to the well and having the whole bad family fight Bruce again, like uh-huh. that we saw in earlier issues. You know, it's yeah. Just, yeah. There's no new ground broken here at all. Yeah. The the only like interesting wrinkle in any of it, I think, is the like monkey prince inclusion, the like inclusion of him and Shifu and how the magic characters end up coming in to be the like the thing that saves the day, you know, the day of sex Machina yeah. to, to, to let, to both beat Neja and let Bruce win, uh, live. And it's just like, it just, it happens, you know, you alluded to it. Um, Damien calls on the citizens of Gotham to lend like a piece of their soul to magically let Bruce live, like to save his life. And they all do that by shouting, we are Batman. <laughs> um, yep. 
and and yeah like bruce lives and it like it's it's so weird how like truncated it is like bruce wakes up he hungs damien and then the next page is the end of the the story yep um there's no teases of anything else coming down the line uh no indication of where any of this is going to go or even kind of what the lasting impact is other than uh Batman and Robin are good I guess you know <laughs> yeah but but again they were good when this started too sure yeah yeah it's just it's such a disappointment I'm I'm bummed out because of it but that's you know yeah that's the art, kinda... the art continued to be really good. That was like I think the best thing. Well, yeah, I mean the the like three pages of Lazarus Planet recap is way better visually than anything we got in Lazarus Planet itself. Yeah, it's it's funny that reminds me of in the I think it's in the first Morrison Batman omnibus. Uh-huh. Uh, there there was that that Rachel Gould crossover that mm-hmm. was happening at that time between Batman and all the other books, and and of course like that book doesn't collect that. And so instead they get, um, I'm pretty sure it's Chris Burnham to do like a two page recap yes. of that whole crossover. Yes. Uh, which is very fun. And that's, that's what this reminds me of. Yes, very much so. Um, but yeah, anything else to say about these? No, I mean, I, I'm extremely disappointed in like the final product and, and what we got. Um, but I'm like hopeful that Wade has like some rhyme or reason and some like story threads that he is going to pick up with this. Um, I don't see him picking up another new book, you know, like I don't, since he's already doing world's finest and Shazam, I don't see anything coming out of that, but maybe like world's finest, um, which has been operating in the past. will move into the future or the like current current time i mean what's interesting is that we have seen we have not seen the solicit for shazam number one yet Mm -hmm. and so as of right now wade and mark and dan mora rather are on uh batman verse uh, are on world's finest until the I guess the issue before Shazam starts. So we don't know if that book's going to continue or not. I, I wouldn't be surprised know, yeah. if World's Finest sort of closes up shop. Yeah, I wonder, I wondered about that. And I, I thought I read something about that. What issue would that even be? Would that be... Uh, Has number 13 been solicited? I believe so. It's coming out soon. Yeah, number 13 comes out next month. So it'd be like number 15, I think. Maybe maybe that last issue that's been solicited so far. Yeah, 14 has also been solicited for April, I guess. So yeah. So we we haven't gotten the May solicits yet, have we? No. Okay. We should be getting those any day now. So it does look like this. Well, this could be like a two-parter. So like 13 and 14 are a story about Metamorpho. Oh, yes, I remember seeing that. Yeah. So it would be it'd be real weird if that was like the end of this book. <laughs> it was just a weird metamorpho two-parter. Yeah. I think the book will continue, probably with a different artist, would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um 
and I would yeah, think so I, too. Yeah, and again, I, I I wonder if like Wade might eventually move the book into like modern times and like pick on pick up on some Bruce and Damien threads. But I also don't really want that from Wade either. You know, I like what he's doing with like working in the past, and um, it just doesn't really seem to like fit the trajectory of that book, which I really don't know what the tra- the trajectory of that book is actually. Since right. The, yeah. Since the first arc just set up this stuff and then the second arc set up kingdom come <laughs> right again so i i really don't know That's who can true. say who could say uh well this is usually the part of the show where i ask vince what comes out next week but since vince isn't on it i am on it and so yeah, next week we don't even have that in the no we don't so i had, yeah. I had to search elsewhere for it so scheduled to come out uh on uh march 7th adventures of superman john kent number one Batman number 133, Batman and the Joker Deadly Duo number five, uh, Flash number 794. We're getting preciously close to Flash uh, 800. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joker the Man Who Stopped Laughing number six, Justice Society of America number three, Monkey Prince number 12, Night uh, Poison Ivy number 10, Static Shadows of Dakota number two, and that's that. So um, I'm excited to check back in with JSA and to see how that Avengers Superman John Kent is, especially as it's going to be tying into uh, uh, Injustice, which we talked about last time. Yeah, wacky stuff. Yeah. Well, until then, you can find two-thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs an App. And I am at The Wolf of Z. If you need to find Vince, he's taking his wife out for a nice dinner. And uh, yeah, that does it for us. We will be back next week with another episode, so stay tuned. And uh, if you uh, if you want more of us, you can go to patreon.com slash DC3cast and get in on our Grant Morrison read-through. We are currently in the middle of Doom Patrol, and it's fun. So uh, check that out, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Adam Scott is in the movie. Sydney Sweeney Sweet. is in the oh, movie. Oh, boy. This will be the first uh, comic book movie Vince will go see in theaters.